Hi, welcome to Lights, Camera, Author. I'm Jim Juno, and this is a podcast where we talk with authors who write books about Hollywood, uh, music, TV, entertainment, and basically anything that really strikes our fancy. And I have with me tonight an actor who has had quite a career. His name is Alan Shane, and his new book is called The Star Dressing Room, Portrait of an Actor. Welcome, Alan. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Now, your career spans... I'm a, you make no bones about it, so I'm going I'm to let people know you're 97 years old. Yes, I hate to say that because I don't feel it, but anyway, there it is. See, I'm, I'm only 63 and I feel 97, so I'll be taking your spot. So, But you have had such a career. I mean, you started out on like way uh, off Broadway and that was that was what in the 40s yes I, I started um, I think when I went to New York in 43 uh, when I think I was 17 to be a big star I thought I was going to be a big star on Broadway and um, many years later I discovered that I wasn't going to be that well, you've you had a great career nonetheless, I mean, so... Yes, yes, I've been very fortunate. But I didn't get the, I, you know, I didn't get the acting career that I really wanted in the beginning. And then I had this good sense to say, well, if I wasn't going to get it, maybe I should try something else. And that's what I did. And that's when you went into, uh, where you got, became a casting director? Became a casting director and a producer, and finally an executive at Warner Brothers as the president of Warner Brothers Television. And so that, I, yeah, I did have a, I, I had a lot of different things going on. It was fun, wonderful. On this new book, you talk you talk about your career all the way, you know, starting starting with your your off Broadway. I believe it was oh gosh. Um, the uh, the first play you were in, you were played a football player. Yes, I I was in a show, a show called Junior Miss, and I played a football player, and I was fired. Because <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I was fired after a very short time when they decided I didn't look like a football player, which is quite true, I didn't. And uh, that was that. that. That's what, in a way, catapulted me to Broadway, to think I could make a career. And then I spent years trying to make it. Yes, but you, you met some great people along the way and, and also, um, people you, people whom you fell in love with, they fell in love with you. And, I mean, it got a little bit complicated, I believe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, life is complicated, Jim. Uh, it was it was a wonderful time. I mean, it was a, a time of I had no money, I had uh, you know very little to eat, and little by little I started to get work, and eventually worked with some wonderful actors like Kathleen Cornell and Morris Evans, names that you wouldn't even remember today, but big stars at their time. 
Maurice Evans? Oh, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah? Good. I'm glad. What about Catherine Cornell? You don't remember her. Catherine Cornell, um, she was, uh, was she in a big, big film noir actress? If I'm, I'm trying no. to remember that. Okay. No, she, she never really did movies. She was always on the stage. I see. And, okay. A very classical kind of actress. But, um, you know, it was a different time then. There was, it was a very small business. People still toured on the road, which they don't do anymore. And, uh, it was, it was, it was interesting. What can I tell you about it? Oh, I can't, when can I? <laughs> you can, you can tell me all about it. Yeah. Got, now, I want to touch base also. You have, you have not stopped writing because, um, it was forwarded to me. In the Miami Herald over July 4th, had a very, very good article on op-ed, um, how things have not changed all that much in 90 years. Yes, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It, uh, it made me, you know, what I write is really a lot about my life and a lot about show business and fun and so forth, but I got so upset by this book banning business banning books in our time going way back to uh, to Hitler when he yeah. banned the books. You know, I mean, it just was so terrifying that I wrote this op-ed piece for the Miami uh, Herald because it's, it really, it's just the beginning. When you see that people burned the books and then started burning the people, it's terrifying that this could be happening again in our time. And you uh, make, anyway. yeah, you make no, you make no bones about it. You, you are openly out. You are, you know, you, you have been, you've been happily married, I believe, since 2004. Yes. Yes. And we've been together, uh, 65 years. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. It's, it's, um, quite unusual. And, you know, back in the days, back in when you, like, you know, when you were first starting out, I mean, like you said in the op-ed, I mean, it was, it was a different world back then. You could not be openly out, even you on Broadway. You, you couldn't be out if you were an actor. If you were known as a gay actor, you would not be sent out on parts unless it was a gay part. And, of course, there weren't any at that time. And there was very very um, anti-homosexual time and you had to be in the closet all it was really awful um but that's the way we lived there was no other way to live I mean, people were arrested and uh, it was a bad time and, and I then people trying to turn the clock back to that time now that's you... it that's that's what happens because of Suddenly we were making strides and people were getting happier and the public was beginning to ex to, uh, to enjoy the, the people that they came in contact with and suddenly it all started to go downhill again. It's terrifying. See, and that's, and that's, it's a shame too because I mean it's, it's just, you see it in certain parts of the country. I don't know if you, I don't know if it's as, prevalent up north, but you just see, I see like Georgia, Florida, Texas. It's oh, like, yes. Oh, yes. I live in Florida. 
and uh, it's very it's rampant here. It's terrible. Um, and, and one thinks of leaving. You, you know, many, many gay people are thinking of leaving Florida and this area. That's it's, okay. uh, it's terrible. Anyway, let's talk about your career, though. I mean, when you were mentioned a little bit earlier, you were you were uh, head of Warner Brothers TV. And for those of you out there who may not know the name Alan Shane, I am sure you've heard of some of these some of the TV shows that you that you shepherded, you you actually got on the air, uh, such as Alice and Night Court, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Dukes of Hazard, which and yeah. of course, of course, Wonder Woman. I mean, not yeah. not the Gal Gadot movie Wonder Woman, but the uh, original one, <laughs> the original one with Linda Carter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I cast Linda Carter. I in a sense, discovered her. So it um, it was an, an interesting life to lead. It was very, very full with, uh, uh, it was very difficult. I mean, often actors would throw scripts at me, bang doors, leave rooms, you know, actors have, and understandably want the best material they can have, and suddenly you have to do a show that may not be brilliant, but we have to do it. We have to get it on the air. And often actors get uh, very unhappy. So that was putting out fires most of the time and hoping that I could get the actors to work most in of the your, time I did. In your book, you mentioned like you had experiences. i got to ask you your experience of Arlen Brando. Arlen Brando? Brando, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I write about it quite a bit because I was about to be drafted and I had decided that if I were drafted that I would, when I got out of the army, I would go to drama school because I thought I didn't have a real education in acting. And when I was rejected, I said, all right, and I went to the new school for social research, which is in the village in New York. And got an, uh, a scholarship. They gave me an audition and gave me a scholarship. And the first person that really that I saw in my class when they took me to meet all the other actors was Marlon Brando. I didn't know it was Marlon. I didn't know his name, but he was really quite crazy. He had <laughs> it was it was a makeup class, and all the kids had were making up to you know learn makeup. And Marlon was the only one who had painted his face in half. So one half of his face was painted, and one half of his face was not. And he looked like a kind of manic Indian doing some kind of ritual dance. And when everybody got up to say hello to me, Marlon was the only one who looked at me and walked out of the room and banged the door. So it was not a good starting point for us. And then I, he, he never did anything in class much except sulk. But when the teacher would ask him to do something, he was so brilliant, it was just hair-raising. I mean, you know, I wanted him to fail because he was so good. But he was really very good. And we had, we had various run-ins. I don't think you want me to go into all of that, but... We want people to buy the, well, we want people to buy the book, yeah, I know. 
Well, he did do a, a wonderful thing that I can't tell, that uh, the teacher was a woman named Stella Adler, very famous in her time. Yes. And she said that she felt that actors ought to have something to do other than acting. In other words, if they were called on as a benefit performance, they could sing or they could dance or whatever. She said, I want everybody to come in and act like we're in a cabaret and then do, and do a kind of stunt. So we all came in the next time, and I had made a, a, a whole thing of a, of a Stephen Vincent Benet book, and I did like 20 different characters with different voices, and, you know, I thought I was terrific. And then everybody applauded, and suddenly the curtains were drawn on this little stage that we had, and there was music, and the curtains were open, and there was Marlon in drag, in an incredible evening dress with a blonde wig, looking, I must say, beautiful because he was so wonderful looking. And he was lip-syncing a Judy Garland record, Zingo, the Strings of My Heart. And it was so hilariously funny that he took away anything I had done or anybody had done, and it all became about Marlon. <laughs> and that's, of course, the way he was most of the time. He took the air right out of the room and took it up for himself. But when he acted, when he acted, it was amazing. amazing. He did that in, in a lot of movies, too. Just took yeah. the air out of everything, you know. Yeah, he was, he was just wildly gifted, a great genius, but a very difficult fellow, I must say. And you were also the under, you, let me get this, I'm going to if I got my notes straight here. You were understudy for Carter Montalban. Yes. Even though, even though you can never sing or danced. <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't dance, I couldn't sing. But somehow, I was very friendly with Lena Horn, who was the star of the show, and I was the stage manager, and I said, let me audition for that role. I mean, I'm sure I can play it. And I auditioned, and they thought I was fine, and that I'd be good, but no one ever thought that Ricardo would be sick. So nobody took it very seriously, but they gave me $15 a week more. And I just forgot about it. And then one day I was told that I was going on the matinee. And I'd never sung on Broadway. I mean, I'd done all the rehearsals and the understudy rehearsals, but I'd never sung in front of people or danced. And also in practically in the nude. I was, you know, made up in, as a native. They were all natives. And uh, it was just an incredible experience. And suddenly, it was one of those things where you suddenly say, okay, screw everybody, I'm going to do it. And they're going to listen to it. What, they, what else can they do? Because they, you know, they've grown. So when they make the announcement that Ricardo Mentelman is not going to appear, but Alan Stein's going to appear, everybody goes, oh, <laughs> grown. And you think that you're just going to die. And I suddenly thought at that moment, screw it, I'm just going to do it. And uh, and I did. Did you and have any... 
you have any like liquid help to you have any like liquid help to go on a few shots or anything like oh, that? Oh no 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 that wasn't that wasn't the age of that really. I mean, John Barrymore may have done it, but uh, young actors didn't drink like that. Ah, certainly not at a performance. Yeah. No, you just took your, you just put your shoulders back and said, "Okay, they're gonna listen," and they did. That was it was it was fine. The only you, thing that ha- happened was that I discovered I was not a great star. <laughs> but, you became, but you became great behind the scenes. You became you became great behind the scenes. Um, well, I mean, you were you were the casting director for All the President's Men, which is one of the classic movies of all time. And um, was that hard to cast? I mean, that was with, that was with uh, Dustin Hoffman and and um, and and Redford. Yeah, Robert um, Redford. It wasn't hard to cast because the director was a man named Alan Pakula, who was so cooperative and so talented. And he had, there was no uh, effort in his part to show that he was doing something and somebody else wasn't. So that I was able to go to Washington and learn all of the, the characteristics of the people and come back to New York, uh, I'm sorry, not to New York, to Hollywood, and tell the people what they felt they should, um, who they should hire. Now, it worked very well. And I must say, I did get Jason Robarts, the part of his life, um, much to the uh, chagrin of the the studio bosses who felt he was no good. He was washed up. But, um, but the director and I somehow got him through and he won the Academy Award. So there were, there were wonderful, wonderful things that happened. Um, you know, but it was, it was tough work. I love it. And you, you know, also, also, I have to tell you, it's tough work, but, you know, they give you a Mercedes to drive, and they gas up the car, and, you know, they they act like uh, you're somebody important. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> well, you were. And it's like, you know, and uh, i got to ask you, you guys, you received an Emmy nomination for the for the Born Identity. That's yes. Just, that, that, was not, that was not the movies. That was a TV series, correct? It was the beginning, yes. It was the beginning. It was the, uh, Richard Chamberlain was the lead, and, um, uh, Jacqueline, oh God, it's gone out of my head. Anyway, it was a wonderful show. It was a, a you know, a, a two-parter, and we shot in Europe most of the time, and it was a terrific show. Um, unfortunately, Richard, we wanted to go on and do a lot of, of Born Identity shows, and Richard had uh, committed to another show because he was wonderful in it. And it, it was nominated, which was terrific. We got very excited. Now, you, but it didn't you, had, win. you had several hit TV shows, and I was just wondering um, which which TV show was your favorite? And then I'm going to ask which TV show was not your favorite. <laughs> well, what do you mean is that mm, most of what I did 
was, what should I say, commercial work. Mm-hmm. It was, Alice, these, these were sitcoms. Um, I must say, Night Court was uh, wonderful and brilliant. But most of the things that I did, like Growing Pains or Scarecrow and Mrs. King, all of them were hit shows. But they yeah. were very commercial shows. I mean, they weren't like, I mean, at one point I did a, a Catherine Hepburn movie of corner, of the corner screen. And uh, that was, I found that to work with her and with George Cuco was very exciting. But that wasn't what my, my work was really mainly about. It was about getting mo- uh, a show on the air and keeping it on the air. Which is not so easy. No. Um, now, so that it's hard to to say. You know, there are all shows that I worked on, and I was certainly proud of them. But uh, you know, I was I was brought up in classical theater. <laughs> Check off and and you know all of that. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll answer your question any way you want. No problem. <laughs> the uh, what I was wondering is that um, you uh, now back in the days when when you know you were getting TV shows on the air, there was was there I think three networks, maybe Fox came in later on, fourth network. No, right? no, no, three networks, three networks. Okay, and now that was that, yeah, that was it, and tough. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's much. T- would well, you say it's much tougher? Then to get a show on because nowadays you've got not just cable TV stations, um, but you oh, also have could. everything. I mean, it's you have everything today, really, yeah. except for the yeah. for the strike. That's not so good. But but uh, no, I only had three networks, and if if they turned it down, that was the end. And sometimes I had to lie and say, oh, no, NBC wants it, but I'll give it to you, CBS, if you know, if you really want it. Um, it was it was uh, doing the best you could with what your, what your product was. And often the product was not brilliant. Alice, for example, took years to get going and... Uh, Finally, it went on for many, many years. But in the beginning, it was the CBS was going to get rid of it, and you know, it was it was not a jam. Let's say it was not an easy job. That was based on a movie that you also were connected with, but Alice doesn't live here anymore. Yes. Even even though the TV show really didn't, did it have a lot to do with the movie? Wait a minute. Not really. It's yeah. um, <clears throat> They, it's interesting really what happens with a, a show because it starts out to be about Alice and working in a diner in order to put her kids through school or something. And it turns out to be a comedy with a, a woman who says, kiss my, kiss my grits and all <laughs> that stuff. And it's, and it's, uh, you, you forget what it was originally supposed to be. But what 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 they wanted at that time was comedy, and they yeah. wanted a sitcom, and that's what we provided if we could. That's amazing, yeah. And let me ask you one: uh, you mentioned the strike, 
you know, that's going on. I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask your opinion on, on the strike. I mean, I know it's hurting TV. You know, I don't have an opinion now on it because I've, uh, since I left, um, at, at a certain point, I, I felt that I'd done enough and I wanted to write. So I began to write and I've written five books now. And I've, I cut myself off from that world completely. I, I, uh, and not that I wasn't uh, happy with it, but I felt that it was good for me to get out of it. And I did. So, I really, I have no opinion about it. I don't know what the, what they're asking for so much. I'm a member of the academy, but I, I'm, you know, I, I'm a, a silent member, if, you, if that makes any sense. Yes, I mean, you still, you still vote though, right? I mean, I don't vote anymore, um, because I'm in a way don't know what to vote for. I mean, it's not fair because I don't see everything. Do you, do you know what I mean? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, so that I, yeah, I spend a lot of time writing and also with my life, and uh, it's no longer a, a big part of it. If that makes any sense to you. Do you have now? You said you've written five books. Um, do you? Are you writing another one? Um, do you think at my age I should? <laughs> Never stop, never stop. <laughs> I tell you what, I'll be, I'll keep doing the podcast until I'm 97, and you keep writing. So, okay, oh, you can do that. Yes, but you can do that. <laughs> but anyway, I really thank you for being here. The man's name is Alan Shane, and the book is The Star Dressing Room: Portrait of an Actor. It's available. I believe it's available now, isn't it? Yes. It, it was published a month ago, yeah. and it's out, and I guess around, and I hope some people will look at it. I think it's fun, and uh, a lot of anecdotes, but it's also, it's a serious book, and it really is about being able to change your life, and be able to say, look, I can't make it at this, let me try that, and not be ashamed, and that's what I did. Well, fantastic. Well, Alan, I appreciate you being on Light Camera Author tonight. I enjoyed being with you, and I hope you will go on until you're 97. Why not? <laughs>